Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode, friends, is just me, Marie, and you, our beautiful Brave New Teaching community. Uh, last week, in our second Unpopular Opinions episode, I gave a little <laughs> preview. I alluded to this week's episode where I'm going to be talking to you about just a big old goof oopsie that I made in my classroom. It's not really a big goof oopsie. We all make big goof oopsies and little goof oopsies and little goofs and big oopsies, etc. However, you know, you want to make that combo work. It happens. We're human beings. We are human beings working with other human beings who happen to be young and do weird stuff sometimes. So like things are going to happen in a classroom. And when you're designing curriculum, things are going to work and things are going to not work and everywhere in between. And it's all about how we react and how we recover from the moments that just don't work as we had planned, right? It's a reflective teaching practice is the best way to teach in a classroom. And I'm going to talk you through what I did in my 15th year, veteran high school English teacher. And I just, it just didn't work out. I gave students an assignment. It broke their brains, but I did recover. And so if you're anything like me, hearing how other people kind of like go through their process and think aloud and the how to handle with students, like all of those sorts of uh, stories always help me in figuring things out and making me just A, feel less alone, B, feel like not guilty for when I mess up. It's very easy to blame yourself as a teacher when you feel like you've quote unquote messed up. 
but like it is what it is. And I, it's fine. I don't feel bad. They're fine. We've all survived and we're better for it. And then also just like how to move forward and be proactive further on down your career. These are things like when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders as educators do often, especially right now, the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We are scrutinized way more than is warranted, quite frankly. And when all of that pressure is on you, it is very easy to say, forget it. I'm done. I'm out. And teaching is such a calling that it's a shame if it's something that you love if you don't feel like you you can do it anymore because of outside influences, that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that finding perspective and that sort of thing will help some of you, my fellow colleagues, in finding that perspective or just feeling a bit of pressure release because you're doing a good job. Even if you broke your brain, their brains, like I'm about to tell you how I broke their brains, I'm still doing a good job and I'm doing okay. So let's get into it. I'm going to tell you a story about last week in my classroom and it's kind of funny because I should know better, but I don't. So cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, so it was a uh, foggy spring morning in the March of 2002 when I gave my students in my brand new ethnic literature course. So, okay, backstory here. I'm teaching a course that is brand new to our district and brand new to my school. I have colleagues and friends at the other high schools in my school district who taught this course. Like we all wrote it together last year, worked on it, developed it over the summer, have been working together all year long to keep developing and revising uh, the different pieces of curriculum within this ethnic literature course. And they've all taught it. And I was the only one who wasn't teaching it into the spring around a quarter system. And my section wasn't until the spring. And so it is a senior English course. I have 40 kids in the class. And here are the units that we have covered. We actually, at the time of me recording this yesterday, was our quarter three finals. So we just finished the first half of the course. We had three units. One was on identity. They've been very like introspective. One was on identity and the different intersecting parts of identity and what makes us who we are and our unique perspective and lens through which we view the world. Had a lot of that, a lot of that for the first few weeks of class. The second unit was all about power and how and the relationship between identity and power, personal power, power in groups, etc. And then the third unit was about language and how language and communication affect identity and power, right? So about oppression, about oppressive language, and also about like power giving language, power taking and power giving language. And so we talked a lot about the etymology of words that are slurs that are all sorts of different things. So identity, power and language and communication as and oppression, basically, and how it relates to identity and power. That's the big setup, right? So there we were in week eight of our nine week course. And I said, okay, you guys are going to have a timed writing tomorrow. And I'm going to give you two prompts. And those prompts are not going to be anything new. They are going to be only about the things that we've talked about. This class is amazing. Their brains are 
phenomenal. They are really high achieving kids, but they also have amazing perspective. And it's a really, really good cross section of our school's community. We have kids from all over (laughs) in like the social sphere. We have a lot of ethnicities represented a lot across the gender spectrum. We have a lot of unique perspectives and voices in this class. And so it creates amazing conversation. And the discussions that we have had thus far since uh, late January when we started the quarter have been very rich and Like I can see how much they're growing in just their discussion skills and the way that their insight is like woven into answering questions and asking each other questions and connecting to like discussion. Amazing. Top notch. Super good. So me, teacher, I thought to myself, okay, this is I'm going to ask them two questions, two questions that we have discussed. One of the questions was homework last night, and then we discussed it in class today. So I'll give them both of their prompts. They get to pick one prompt and write me a response to that prompt in, I think I gave them 350 to 500 words. And they had to cite at least two of the texts that we had covered throughout the entirety of class. So I gave them, basically, this is a Wednesday going into a Thursday. Thursday's the time writing. Wednesday afternoon, I said, okay, I haven't written your prompts yet, kiddos, but I will have them up before the end of school today, Wednesday. I had the two prompts up again things they have talked about before, things they have done homework on before, things we have discussed at length in class, right? I also gave them through Google Classroom links to all of our previous slide decks for all three of the units, the identity, the power, and the language and communication unit, so that they could go back through and remember which texts we looked at, did a big hand back all your assignments that I had been, you know, delinquent in handing back moments so that they could see all of their notes they've already written. All of this, if you're nodding along, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds like a summative, like culminating moment. And that's what I was going, that's what I was going for. And so sent them on their merry way, posted their two prompts to Google Classroom along with links to everything, had like basically the spiel I just gave you, I gave to the students, again, seniors in the spring. So like they're getting ready to go out into the world and never do K-12 education again. So I'm like, okay, I got this. They are going to make all those connections. They're going to remember the conversations that we had. And those of you who have, you know, been in a classroom and around kids are already like, oh, Marie, I see where this is going. Like, I see, I see, I see what's happening here. Yeah. So, I mean, A, being teenagers, only about 20% of them looked at the prompts the night before, even though I told them that they were coming, you know, they've got jobs, they've got teenage brains, like, it is what it is. Maybe 20% looked at the prompts the night before and kind of came in with a little outline. And the the requirements in their actual prompts were, were that they needed to begin by stating a clear and concise thesis slash claim. And I'm going to come back to this thesis slash claim thing in just a second. And then they needed to, you know, respond and support their response, citing at least two of the texts that we studied during class. Seems very straightforward. It is very straightforward. But (laughs) when we got into class on Thursday, the fear in many of their eyes when I went back through the whole assignment and said, here's what you're going to be doing today. And it's due by the end of class. And I would like an MLA formatted works cited page at the end. But if you don't get there, that's something that you can do after class, but stop writing when the bell rings. The Like it was a slow burn for many, M- many of the kiddos looked at the stuff said, Oh yeah, we've covered this before. And then, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, what questions do you, I always like to say, like, ask me two questions. So that's not what questions do you have, but like ask me two questions so that we get at least something going, something clarified. 
they're working, five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, and then you can like feel the like air in the room just thicken because of the sudden stress that these kiddos felt. Not everybody. I probably had a good handful, probably like five kids that were very good to go. Like they had taken a push the year. I don't know what it was exactly that prepared them, but they were fine. They wrote their claim. They were able to go, oh yeah. And then we watched that one video and then this article will work and I can support my claim and blah, blah, blah. Here's my reasoning, yada, yada, yada. And they were fine. The other 35 looked like they were malfunctioning in front of me. Like it looked like their poor little brains were like, steaming out of their ears and they would just blink at me with this look of not terror. That's not the right word, but like just very close to terror. (laughs) And almost like I had betrayed them. Like they were looking at me like I had done something horrible and they were like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start, but like, where do I, where do I start? What do I do? And it was just At first, my initial reaction, because I've known a lot of these students since they were ninth graders, was, are you freaking kidding me? We've done this so many times. Like, what do you mean? Where do you start? You write your claim, dingling. Like, it was one of those moments of like, come on, guys, I've had you for four years. You know what to do with a prompt. We've gone over unpacking a prompt. Like, I had that really annoyed and frustrated moment. And luckily, I kept that in check because as I scanned the room, So many of them had that like deer caught in the headlights. What do I do? My brain is melting down within my own skull moment. (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) Marie, check yourself. Clearly there's something that they are missing from me. So, you know, I, I did all of the things that I know to do. I stopped. I said, everybody, I'm sorry if you're in a flow of writing. I need you all to stop right now. And I need you to ask me four questions. Like, I'm not about to go and start re-explaining something that I just explained because that's probably not going to help them. Me explaining it again is not going to fill in the gaps in their in their understanding of what to do. You know, ask me four questions. And the questions that I got were so oddly nitty-gritty. It was like, uh, for the MLA work cited and I was like, don't ask me work cited questions. You don't even have a claim. Okay, well, no, I have a claim, but I don't have a thesis yet. And then I was like, wait, what? And then a couple other kids said, yeah, I'm just working on the thesis after the claim. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And they said, well, you said to write a claim and a thesis. I said, no, write a claim slash thesis. And then I had this very sudden understanding that for some reason, a good dozen kiddos in the class thought that those were two different things and thought that they were trying to create like two different ideas and then were stressed out that they had basically two claims that they had to support and they only had 500. Like it was like this weird snowball where they forgot everything that they knew about arguing a claim and supporting it with text evidence. And that a claim is a thesis is a claim is a thesis, even though I had just said it, I literally had just said it, but that's okay. And this just like went on. So it's an 88 minute class period. And I've just described to you in great detail, like the first 15 minutes of class. (laughs) And like, it only got worse from there. I had the kids that didn't hear me answer the question six times already were answering the same question because their brain, like their gears were turning so loudly inside their head, they couldn't even like hear what was going on. Anyways, I probably had by the end of class, I had 20 kids who felt like they had something that was complete. They didn't feel great about it, but they felt like they had finished their piece of writing. And the other 20 were just looking at me like, please tell me you're not going to grade this tonight. Please tell me I can like it was it was a very 
unsettling way to leave class, especially when we've left like with such a bond and a great community most days that like they were just leaving totally flustered and uncomfortable and feeling like crap about themselves. And so at that moment, right, it's end of the day, I had a couple of options. I could either, well, I had options of my own reaction. Like I could feel really bad, which I did for about 15 seconds. And then I stopped myself and I just said, this is both a learning opportunity for them and for me. I don't feel bad. I need to learn in teaching this course what is going to be doable and what is not for these big ideas that they're not necessarily used to going through and like talking about and then writing about. And they need to learn that sometimes you got to suck it up a little bit and figure it out. Like freezing in the moment is not an option all the time. And when you've got a safety net like my classroom, just try stuff. Try stuff. You might fail, but you absolutely will fail if you do nothing, which is what quite a few kids did for the first two thirds of class. They just did nothing. They just gave in and shut down. And I'm not, again, please know that I'm saying all of this with empathy. I love them. They didn't do anything wrong, but they needed to learn from that and know how to not have that feeling over and over and over again, right? Like learn from this experience. This episode is brought to you by Curriculum Rehab by us, the team here at Brave New Teaching. It is the first and only teacher PD of its kind, a course to help teachers like you by guiding you through creating your own personal framework for curriculum. You make it work for you, your students, and your unique situation because nobody else knows what the kiddos in your classroom need the way that you do. Curriculum Rehab takes all of the resources available to you, all of the lessons, the assessments, the activities, all of the texts, everything that could possibly be there for you, and it helps you organize what you actually need in order to attain your teaching objectives. These are the strategies that Amanda and myself have used in our own classrooms, have developed over very long years of teaching and figuring things out, combined together to create this framework and these strategies that we can guide you through. This course will give you the tools you need for a complete curriculum overhaul or to start from scratch. Wherever you are on that continuum, it does it all for you and with you on your timeline. So start today, do a little bit more in a couple of months, and then pick it up next summer. It's teacher PD the way it should be on your own time. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash course for more information, or just head to the show notes for this episode. We cannot wait to see you there. It's finally time to take control of what goes on in your own classroom and create the curriculum of your dreams. All right, let's get back into the show. So that was like, that's my first set of options. And I was like, no, I'm not going to feel bad. Yes, I am going to help them feel empowered to like figure stuff out because life is just a series of figuring things out, right? Then as an instructor, I had options to either say, scrap it. This is a wash. This just didn't work. Or there is something here. I need to persevere. I need to practice a growth mindset and I need to help model for them how to figure out this problem. Obviously, you can tell by the way I'm describing this what I did. I said at the end of class, like before everybody was done, I stopped them a few minutes early and I said, stop now, close your computers. And they like (laughs) terror stricken, like, what? I'm not done yet. I said, just close your computer. I can see everything that you've done because it's through Google Classroom and stop working right now. I do not do this for homework. And then I made eye contact with every pair of eyeballs in the room. I said, do you hear me? Stop thinking about this. Do not write anything in your notebook. Do not keep typing. I will lock you out of your documents. Do not do anything we're going to regroup tomorrow and make a plan. 
And like, you could see the relief wash through a few of them. And then the others, the uncertainty got worse. But I just said, this is it. I'm giving you direct instructions. Do not do any more work on this tonight. You are done. I will grade you for having done it with credit. And we will make a plan moving forward for tomorrow. And they were like, okay. So then tomorrow comes. It's Friday. My way to triage the situation is the lessons that I have learned. And so I'm going to like talk you through the lessons that I learned through this experience because it's not like they were brand new. Again, I've been teaching for 15 years. It's not like these are brand new things that I was like, oh, now I know. But it was just more reinforcing. And it is so important as we enter later years in our careers or as we get involved with different parts of the school's function or as our lives get into different seasons, we can lose sight of things that we have learned before. And we can either get down on ourselves and go, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I think of that? Or we can go, oh, yeah, duh, I know that. Absolutely, that's what I need to do. And so absolutely, that's what I need to do. The first thing that I relearned and that I reestablished for myself in my teaching practice is that I was so happy I built in flexibility to my calendar. My curricular calendar had days of flexibility in there. And sometimes, and this is something that we teach in curriculum rehab, we teach truly the nitty gritty of backwards planning, looking at a summative, filling it in with formative assessments that lead to a summative, the lessons, the practice, the remediation that get you to or get students to where they need to be. All of that builds in flexibility to the schedule. Because if you don't have flexibility, how are you going to help students when something like this happens? Right. And this was such an important moment in my professional opinion to help them learn that we don't always get it right. And sometimes it's okay to like let things go and go, you know what? That was a wash. Like if it was a small little activity that I was just like, okay, this was this game didn't work. This did not get you what you needed. I'm not going to redo it the next day. Like, eh, whatever. It's 20 minute assignment thing just isn't getting us where we need to be. We're just going to throw it out. This was not one of those. This was a let's learn from our experience moments. I think I've said that enough. And so I brought students in the next day and I just was very transparent with them. I said, well, here's the deal. Yesterday was a little bit of a train wreck. It was not as bad as it could have been, but it was not as great as it should have been. And some of that was me and some of that was you not expecting it coming off of COVID, right? Like coming out of hybrid learning, we're still in our first year back in person in a more traditional feeling, but like the world is not a traditional feeling. So all of these things are true and our society has decided to keep moving forward at the breakneck pace that we always have. So let's see where we can fit ourselves into that and adapt. And then, and then it was just, I just was very transparent. I said, I was not my best teacher self yesterday. And so we are going to talk through that. This is a brand new course. I am still learning things. I'm going to ask you for feedback. I hope that you're honest with me. That transparency with students and explaining to them that sometimes life requires flexibility. And so teachers, if we know what we're doing right, we will build flexibility in. And if we didn't build flexibility in, then we have to be flexible on the fly and make changes. Um, And so I, in front of them, deleted an assignment that was going to be happening the next week and said, we're going to double down on what we did yesterday, but we're going to do it next week because I want your brains to process what you did. And I want you to come back after a weekend fresh, like we're not doing it today, you know? And so I just really transparently talked them through the 
mechanism of reflection, basically, that I was practicing so that they could see me as an adult who, I mean, I'd like to think I, they respect me. Like I, they are a really great group of kids and we've formed a great community and we've got really good, strong relationships in that class. Being able to model for them, like, you know, I just didn't do great. And I did not prepare you as I should have. And now I'm seeing how I needed to prepare you better. And I need you to think about what you needed from me so we can talk about it next week so that they felt included in the conversation. They felt as an important piece of their own education, not just receiving, but also being able to reciprocate and like help. That was a great moment. And then also being able to watch me as an adult who they know, like, you know, I pay my own mortgage. Like I got a couple of kids. I have stuff going on in life and I still mess up. And this is how I deal with it. I don't crumble. I don't feel bad about myself because, I mean, in this moment, right, this is a very specific example. Like, I know I can do better. So here's how I'm going to try. So the two lessons, actually, that I just went through there were just be transparent. Students need us to model and be transparent and to show them that the adults in their lives can recover, right? Like that we can watch something that we worked really hard on not go so great and that we can still know that we are successful and this is how we do it and like talk them through those steps. There's that. No matter how old, I mean, that's also, by the way, why you're still listening to this because you want to hear me be transparent and walk you through what I did because none of us is perfect and we need to see other people mess up and see how they fix it in order to get better ourselves, right? Like, yay, art imitates life, imitates art. And then also that idea of like building in space for flexibility. Like we have two choices. We either build in space for flexibility or (laughs) we force ourselves to be flexible in the moment when something pops up. So those are the two lessons, transparency, flexibility. And then the third one is just to be really honest with myself. I think transparency and honesty are like pretty similar, but it's the transparency with my students and then the honesty with myself. I am still a really good teacher and I am still very, very confident in my own teaching abilities. And I am confident that my students know that I am here for what's best for them and that this just didn't work out that great. And we're going to have to recap and come back and like, or not recap, regroup and figure it out. But like, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And I'm able to look at what at my own work objectively and critically and then work on it. I say this one last because it's not so easy for all of us. It's not so easy at various times and seasons in your career as a classroom teacher or really as an educator period, but especially as a classroom teacher, it's not always it's not always so simple to be able to look at things that we've done and be objective and be critical of ourselves. Just the other day, I was talking with a few of my friends in my department. We were talking about how much we would love to be observed and like truly observed for our instructional practices, <laughs> not for evaluation, but just like for learning and to be able to grow in our and like like be observed by people who we know and who we respect and who we trust like wouldn't that be amazing i hope that and i've heard from other you know teachers in different schools and different districts and different states even and different countries that that is a regular part of your school's practice um and so we're going to try and figure it out if that is a model that i can share with you later on in later podcast episodes i will it's just so hard we have so much pressure on us as as teachers as people as like all the different hats that we wear that 
being honest with ourselves and looking at ourselves objectively and critically is hard and it's really painful sometimes. So like, you know, be gentle with yourself. Sometimes harsh honesty isn't what we need. Sometimes it's gentle honesty and it's like, well, yeah, no, that wasn't great. And yeah, you had a migraine that day and and that's okay because not every day is going to knock it out of the park, you know? So all in all, we did end up coming back with my students. We ended up coming back the next week and I reserved an entire day where I like grouped them up into groups of three and they got to workshop with each other what their claims were slash thesis statements. <laughs> we really talked at nauseum about how that's the same thing. And they were able to help each other think through like, oh, hey, well, if you're going to make this point, maybe you could reference or cite this text. Remember when we looked at this poem, that would be a good thing. And so they, they were able to help each other. And so I made a ton of changes to all of those lesson plans, like just notes in the margin of how I'm going to fix that for next time. And they were able to really like truly collaborate. And then it made me realize how much they need to do like claim workshops and being able to state a clear and concise claim was like, that was the hardest part. That was the first thing they couldn't answer the question because they had so many things they wanted to say. So like training them and just like honing in on one of the things you want to say, you don't have to say everything all the time. I mean, don't take me as an example. I talk too much, but like, uh, you know, and so like, these are the lessons that I learned about that specific assignment. The lessons I learned about this teaching moment, about building and flexibility, being transparent, and then being honest with myself uh, are things that, like I said earlier in this episode, I've learned those before. We've all learned those before in different areas of our life, in different seasons of our lives, and especially as teachers working with other people's babies. Like you learn these things over and over and over again, but they bear repeating because you get in the moment you get in the rabbit hole and every day is a new, every day is a new story, right? Every year is a new adventure that we're going on with these kiddos. And so, yeah, these things come up and up and seeing them in different ways and different lights and reminding ourselves of these lessons is not just good, but it's like essential. So friends, if you've made it this far into my ramble bamble episode, I want to say thank you. I, their brains, if you're worried about the broken brains, I think we have pieced them back together. By the end of this past week, we did presentations on this other really cool project they did and they knocked it out of the park. So, you know, I think, I think we're good. And as it warms up, I might bring them popsicles so that their brains can, um, unbreak. (laughs) They can feel a little bit more comfortable. No, they're doing great. And they, they actually did recover really well. And I was proud of them. So, Yeah, I will leave you with this parting remark. Whatever this next week brings you in your classroom, in your office, in your car, in your home, wherever you are, I hope that you are able to find flexibility. I hope you are able to be transparent because there's a lot of strength in transparency. And I hope that you are able to be honest with yourself, either brutally honest if you need that or gently honest or somewhere in between, whatever it is that you need so that you can feel solid. You might not feel good, but at least feel solid in your choices and what you're doing. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode of Brave New Teaching with Amanda and myself when she returns from her world travels. Um, And she gets to tell us stories about what it was like taking an international flight with uh, very small children, because I have not done that. And I am interested to hear So if you have a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, I would ever so appreciate it. I'm going to throw some Instagram posts up and some things and stories this week, both on my own platform, the Caffeinated Classroom and on Brave New Teaching. Tell us about times that you've broken your students' brains and uh, what happened, right? How did it go? Where did we learn? How did we grow? 
Until we meet again, friends, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 